Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Wednesday. We are we are talk comics to me. I am Champ Champenstein. I'm Heather. Just and, Heather today. And we're here to talk to you about new comic books. Yes, we I have tons today. And I actually have like a fairly heavy load. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so but, we're going to discuss them. Yeah. You, you, you know, usual. I want you to go first since I have several to do at once. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those days. Okay. So my first, well, the first book I'm going to talk about, because I'm not sure if it's my pick yet, is Spider-Man Life Story. This is the second issue, and it's based in the 70s. This follows kind of an alternate timeline of Spider-Man throughout the ages if he were to actually age. So it starts in the 60s and deals with Vietnam and Spider-Man's problem, not problem, (laughs) his problem with responsibility. But like, you know, he... (laughs) He feels like he need needed to do more for Vietnam and for everything that's going on. And this kind of the second issue kind of also deals more with that because Flash Flash is gone. He died in Vietnam. So Peter feels responsible for not talking him out of going to Vietnam and or go not going to Vietnam as well. So there's a lot of that sort of aspect being dealt with. And there's also little intricacies of Spider-Man history webbed in there nice yeah that was a good one <laughs> yeah uh, webbed. <laughs> webbed in there I like it. it's just it's a really good story and it's an interesting take and it takes you know all of spider-man's story and kind of just shoves it into a little smaller package in a different way it's it's really cool i highly highly suggest it even if you know nothing about Spider-Man. Would you be able to, since each issue is like a different decade, would you be able to read them like individually? Or is would, it like an on, it, you have to read each I would one? say reading each one would be important because okay. this is tied into the first one. And I feel like that story arc is important to understand why Peter Parker feels this certain way. I also think it's important to realize that, you know, Gwen Stacy doesn't die in the first issue. So in this second issue, her and Peter are married, and it kind of deals with different things. So I think it is important to kind of take it in as a whole. Okay. Can you show the cover again so people can see the pumpkin jack-o'-lantern yeah, disco no, ball? Yeah, no, this cover is awesome. I think that's one of the, the things we were talking about this morning was how awesome all of the covers for all of these issues are. They're just really, really, really cool. Very simplistic. I yeah. like the color block. I think it's great. I have not read it, but I'd hang them up. Yeah, no, I'd hang them up. I would read them as well. I might. I might read them. I've recently developed a a liking <laughs> for Chip Dejars. <laughs> Chip Dejour. I'm Chip Dejour. <laughs> I really appreciate him, especially like the stuff that I've been reading by him recently. So I... Having never read that, I would also recommend it. I think it deals a lot more with like who Peter Parker is and how being Spider-Man affects him and how, you know, especially throughout time, how that can take a heavy burden on a person. And that's very that's, interesting. Yeah, that's all I have to say about Spider-Man life story besides go, go get it. Go get it. And again, you said it's a limited it is a, clearly, but it, how many? Four or five, right? Is what yeah. you had said. Okay, yeah. So not too bad. No. Okay, so you got this. I got this. Okay, so I'll probably complain every single week about War of the Realms and just how much content there is to uh, follow it. So I have four things today that they're all kind of woven together. 
I'm not going to talk about too much about each one because I don't want to spoil anything for people who may be reading it. My pick, not pick, the one I like the most, <laughs> of course, is the, Thor. The, the book that is picked every week. Yes. Anytime Thor is out, you just it's just a default for me. This one... I, I really just, I don't know how to like talk about it without giving it away. It's not too much of a spoiler, especially if you have read the first War of the Realms. I will say this because it's happened so many times in Marvel history. Loki is dead. This issue of Thor <laughs> is, it really just focuses on Loki and what happens when he dies. I love Jason Aaron. My man. <laughs> My man. <laughs> I love him. But this issue, I think the reason I like it so much is because it just, it deals with all of Loki's various personalities, his clones, like Mm -hmm. at different points in his life. Um, He comes to some very strong realizations. His narration is heartbreaking because these realizations are, they're just really final. But it, it mostly talks about, you know, like how Loki became the person that he is today, starting with when he had magic. I love how it starts. He just basically says he doesn't remember being born, but he remembers the day that he started living and it was him with his magic. I am, it's it's very sad to me (laughs) because again, it just does seem so final. And I know Marvel does like to kill Loki and bring him back. I don't, so I don't want to like get my hopes up and be like, he'll be back clearly. But if he happens to not come back, I feel like this is a really good ending for Loki. Yeah. One that I am very not happy with, but I'm pleased with. I think it was just really well written. So there was Thor. <laughs> uh, we got War of the Realms number two. For anyone who hasn't read the first one, I would say go back and read it clearly um, because you're not going to understand anything I'm going to talk about in this one. <laughs> and again, I'm not going to say anything that spoils too much, but basically with Malekith and the Dark Elves and stuff, they are taking over. They're in Manhattan in this issue. You got all sorts of people from all over the various worlds fighting together. I really, really liked this issue. I actually just really liked like War of the Realms right now. It's just, it's really well done. And more Jason Aaron, that's probably it, to be honest. But there's an introduction to a bunch of characters in here that are Asgardian and they're in previous Thor issues and stuff. But there's also a lot of Jane Foster, who I also love. It's just, it's paced really well. Enough happens where I'm not bored, but then there's also like the pacing makes it so it doesn't give too much away. So I'm I'm waiting for the next issue. The art is incredible. I really do just love all the characters that they're including in this. Ones that I've never even read before, like there's there's Punisher, Daredevil. I've recently been reading a lot of Wolverine stuff, and despite his weird nicknames for people, I really like him as a character. <laughs> but yes, uh, War uh, of the Realms, issue number two. Oh, God. You got this. <sighs> okay, I'm going to talk about this one first. So more War of the Realms. <laughs> this is a, a side series. I think there's only going to be three issues. It's not necessary. You don't need to read it to understand what's going on in War of the Realms, but it's fun. Uh, this is the Punisher one. This is how he is pretty much just the Punisher during War of the Realms. I don't. I really don't even know how else to explain yeah. it because it's just like it seems like a totally like Punisher timeline. But yeah, he saves people, gets bad guys to help him save people. I really enjoy it. Also, I think I just mentioned it. I've never read any Punisher stuff yeah. before. I just know who he is. I know John Bernthal did a really good job as Punisher. The internet says. Um, I like John Bernthal anyway, so I agree with that. Never having seen him. 
play the Punisher. But yes, this is the Punisher. Uh, again, I think it's just going to be three issues as opposed to any of the other series, which is six. <laughs> and then the last one, War of the Realms, War Scrolls. Uh, this is actually four different short stories by several different people. There's a Jason Aaron one and then a Chip Zdarsky. Chip dessert. <laughs> Chip dessert. <laughs> this also is not completely necessary, but if you are going to read it, you have to read War of the Realms number two first because some stuff happens in here that won't make sense unless you're reading War of the Realms. Okay. There is a story, there's a Daredevil story, which I thought was incredible, and I don't think it's just because Jason Aaron wrote it. I just think it's a really good <laughs> Daredevil story. There's one about the Warriors 3. Or four. There's one about Wolverine and Punisher, which that one ties into kind of the War of the Realms Punisher series. Again, you don't need to read it to understand like what's happening because they do a very good job of explaining what's going on. And then Howard the Duck, which was written by Chip, which I loved more than I thought I was going to. But yeah, this War Scrolls. I think this one is also only going to be three issues, which is why I didn't have a problem with putting it on there on my poll. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff for War of the Realms, but I would say if you're not interested in any of these like other characters other than like the main Avengers and stuff, you don't need to get them. Just stick with the main, main story. Yeah, main War of the Realms story because it's not necessary for anything else, but it's just entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gideon Falls. We have Gideon Falls. We both have this, and I'm doing the big nerd thing today. Yeah, I got my sick Gideon Falls shirt. <laughs> I was very excited with that. It is a it is a very cool shirt though. I love it. This is back from a break, right? A short, yeah, a little, a short little tiny break. one. This is the Easter issue. This is the Easter issue. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, it is the Easter issue. Yes, and we hope that you read this so you get the, the joke. But I feel like there's a reason <laughs> Jeff Lemire wanted this issue out this week. It seems like a seems like a nod to Jesus. It- <laughs> My man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yes, anyway. So this issue takes place in the past. Yeah, it takes place before Gideon Falls is really kind of a town. Like, it's in its beginnings. It follows a priest. Yeah, so this priest uh, gets to Gideon Falls, and he is with the townspeople trying to solve this murder mystery. And he's been introduced to the past Norton Sinclair, who's the beginning of everything. And the smiling man is a very big part of Gideon Falls and the story that's happening and how everything is interconnected throughout time. And this very much deals with the time connection and how... That's working between Norton and the priest. Yes, it's very much the history, I believe, of yeah. Gideon Falls. The first two arcs take place, I guess it would be like present time. Yeah, for And it sure. kind of talks about like Norton and then another priest, like where they're at now. And then this one is more of, I guess, of an explanation of like how, how things are happening. Yeah, yeah. and how, how the first story arc kind of ended and probably where this will take us from there. Yes. I... Always, always, always highly suggest this series. There's always little tiny intricacies into it and what's happening. And Yeah, and it's one of those where it does do like subtle callbacks. So when you do get those like little small things, it's always just like, whoa, my God, it all makes sense yeah, now. Because that's yeah. literally how I feel every single time I read Gideon Falls. 
It's beautiful. Yeah, it is very beautiful. This is one of my favorite series. I yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I have Guardians of the Galaxy. I almost said Gideon Falls again. <laughs> Gideons of the Galaxy. I have Gideons of the Galaxy. It's a real fucked up book. <laughs> Imagine how terrible that would be. Uh, Just all the priests of Gideon Falls, like guarding the galaxy. Uh, <laughs> like we don't know what to do. Usually we've been murdered by now. Anyway, this is Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians are looking for Gamora. They have found her, and in that process, they Nova has found them and brought the people who want to kill Gamora there. There's a lot of action that happens in this book. I still think this is a book to read, especially if you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. I am actually not really a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. I don't know why I decided to start picking this up, but I read the first issue and I was like, yeah, I really like this and I just wanted to keep going. Maybe because it was Donnie Cates? Yeah, that's that's probably it. Oh, it also has Cosmic Ghost Rider in it. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I think it was solicited around the time that you were reading the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah, so this all makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. But I really, really, really like it a lot. I, I don't have a lot to say about it, though, because I feel like there's so many parts of it that if I talk too intensely about it, I'll just give away yeah. everything. Um, I do have to say Groot's mohawk is yeah, no, it's so a, cool. It is so, so cool. Let me see this. Yeah, Groot's, Groot's, Groot is probably one of my favorite parts of this. He just comes out swinging. I feel like Groot is always like the uh, surprising star of anything that he is in. Yeah. Because he was in the, the Infinity Wars short series and he was like one of my favorites in that i thought he was fantastic right he's just like i'm real smart i will do this don't worry about it i'm a tree (laughs) and trees are real i figured it out that's why they can all breathe in space (laughs) that's why they keep them around so my next one is mary shelley monster Hunter. i forgot what it was called mary shelley monster hunter This is pretty much the true story of how Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. I just love Mary Shelley (laughs) so much. So that's honestly the only reason why I picked this up. This is surprisingly good. It follows uh, a woman in present time who finds Mary Shelley's lost manuscripts. Her lost manuscripts are a myth. No one's been able to find them. She gives tours of Mary Shelley's home and happens to stumble upon them, literally stumble upon them one day when the floor starts rotting and she's going to fix the floor and they're just there. (laughs) So the manuscripts tell the true story of how she came to write Frankenstein. I have a weird obsession with Lord Byron, so anything that he has anything to do with, I will read it and does not disappoint. He's great in this. <laughs> Just as dramatic as I always knew he was. But yes, the only, I guess the only thing that I'm kind of on the fence about, I'm just not sure of, is the art. And it's not bad. It's just, it's kind of strange is all. But yes, if you love Mary Shelley, if you love Frankenstein, if you love pregnant women or writing incredible books, there it is. So the the next book we have is <laughs> Little Bird. We both We both have this book. This is also a book that both of us highly recommend. This whole entire week is a book we highly recommend for you to read. Oh, yeah. But I cannot tell you to read Little Bird hard enough. 
It is, uh, it, I have not been disappointed at all. When like short series comes out, most of the time, the first issue is so good. And then everything else is just kind of not bad, but it's just not as strong or as good as the first issue. Yeah. But yeah, this, this is incredible. This has definitely, definitely done it. You can't, you learn so much more about Little Bird and where she comes from and so much more about this world. They build this world so, so strongly, which is one of my favorite parts of it besides the absolute killer art. The art is... It's a... Uh, I, I cannot think of words today. The story itself is really dark, and the art, dark as well. It's just as dark. It fits perfectly, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. No, it does. It fits it really well. The narrative and the art just go hand in hand and paint this really interesting picture of this world that exists and its brutality and everything that goes on around them. The one thing that I, I really, really liked about this is you do, you know, you find out like where she came from, but her mother, who is clearly just a very strong character that also goes into how her mother like came to be who she is. Yeah. And it's, it really is, it ties in together. So good. Killer series. Seriously, if you get a chance, go into your local shop and see if you can find a like the first two issues of this book, you can ask for me to pay for it later if you hate it, but I doubt that would ever happen. So. Yeah, it's so good. No, it's it's absolutely wonderful. So yes, go go get it off the shelf right now. Now, little bird, little bird. Okay, my next comic book is Assassination. Assassination. Ass ass in nation. Ass ass in nation. I get it. That panel that you sent me earlier, that's, yeah. I was like, what is that from? Yeah, there's a, I made a joke, the first, <laughs> the first issue about how every time I see Assassin, I can't help but think about ass, ass, in, and I'm looking for this panel really hard because, yes, a character says, I guess you can't spell Assassin without two asses. That's good. And... For once, all of my dumb humor made sense in my life, and I felt very, very justified. Time is a circle. <laughs> Kyle Starks listened to our podcast, and then, you know, the caught podcast, he came into the future, went back in time, was like, I'm going to put this into that issue. Mm -hmm. He knew. He knew. He knew. This book is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have to say with that that big, long, big, long ramble is it's a good, good, good killer time. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I like. I'm full of them today. <laughs> yeah. So the story kind of follows an ex assassin. The first issue, he brings kind of a bunch of assassins to be his bodyguards. Things kind of go haywire, and a bunch of them get killed. So this follows the rest of them that are that are still alive, and more more of them get killed. And this issue kind of goes over, they're kind of getting getting to know each other, so they do a what was your first kill sort of icebreaker. I love those talks. So it was it was really funny how they just kind of throw the humor into this book. I, I say get it. Get it. Okay, so for me, more <laughs> Wolverine. I have Wolverine Infinity Watch. This is issue number three. I only started reading this because the idea of Loki and Wolverine working together did not even seem possible. <laughs> it seemed ridiculous. And it is ridiculous, but it's possible. And it's worth it, because 
their conversations are so good. Basically, Loki goes back into time. Hmm. No, he stays in present time. He finds Wolverine. He apparently had told Wolverine at one point, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Just like that. But apparently he had talked to one of the many Wolverines because there's, you know, like future Wolverine, past Wolverine. There's, there's like a billion there's Wolverines. There's too many. And he even says that in every single issue. He says, why are there so damn many of you? It's, <laughs> I've always asked myself that question. But they are working together to find Robbie Ryder, brother of Nova Rich Ryder. But he goes by the name Talonar. Trying to find Robbie Ryder um, because Robbie Ryder has this ability to stop time. So they think he is in control of one of the Infinity Stones. But you can't guess why Loki wants it. To do good things. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> there is the dog. Camp and I have long conversation. Well, not anymore. We did at one I point. I mean, Loki killed a dog. It was an accident. He, he knew. Okay, I'm sorry. But he knew that he shouldn't have kept going. And he did. This is all things. He, he apologized. I, I don't care. Unforgivable. Okay. Yes, it, it, it is. And I'm sorry that I was just <laughs> defending him because it is actually just awful. Um, but yeah, so. I mean, the dog was dying anyway, but still, that was awful. So if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, there's a Doctor Strange trade called The God of Magic. It's issues 381 through 385 of Doctor Strange. Um, it's the Sorcerer Supreme tiny little run and it's loki and doctor strange battling for the title of sorcerer supreme the dog his name is bats was he doctor strange's or was he they just like friends they just hanging out wow i'm having to hark back to a lot of i know comic book i've read i feel like didn't he come into doctor strange's life somehow like because he was being a vet that's okay yes so they were just pals is what it is. Loki accidentally kills him, but they need him, so he is... It's not an accident. (laughs) He killed him, whatever. They need his assistance, so Bats, of course, reminds Loki that Loki is sometimes a piece of shit and killed him, but then is like, all right, yeah, I'll go with you. So he's helping them find this kid. (laughs) It's way more entertaining than I just made it seem. I've actually been having a really good time with it. It's only going to be five issues, so... I'm excited to see Loki get the Infinity Stones again and do all the good. But he's dead, so. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. He won't get them. Okay. Okay, so the next book we both have is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is issue number four. It's been like a a really fun run. It is, because if you don't know, this is not a continuance of the series or the comics that they have previously put out. It's a retelling of it. And I think it is done the right way. <laughs> it's it's very entertaining and it really harkens back to the original series with the way the characters act and their dynamics between one another, but also breathes that new life into it of giving it the world we live in now and how that that would change everything just a little bit. Yeah, it does. It really does have a modern twist. And I think it gives the characters the story they were meant to have in the first one or they were trying to do, but it just didn't translate the way yeah. that it was supposed to. I also just really like this one. I, I really like reading it. The art is incredible for it. And since the story is the same but different I am still curious to know, like, what else they can do with it. Yeah, and because there's 
there's so much, there's so much storytelling that happens in this world anyway. And the curveballs they can throw in, like with this issue very specifically, the curveballs they can throw in completely change the trajectory of everybody's lives, mm-hmm. which I think is a very important thing. This issue introduces Angel, one of my least favorite characters. I only picked this up because I knew it tied into this slightly, so I wanted to see how much it is very loose. Loosely. But it begins with the very end of this issue where he kind of is in the shadows as as Angel is. <laughs> Crying in the shadows. This gives you the backstory of loosely a little bit of Angel's backstory and who he is and how he came to be. And then also talks about what his life was like in L.A. and what kind of drove him to Sunnydale. Overall, I don't normally like Angel. Strangely, very much enjoyed this series, which I thought was very weird because... There were those angel aspects where he was just like, I'm so sad. My life has been awful. And it's like, yeah, bitch, you're a vampire. So I have a question and I don't know if it was ever answered because it's been so long since I've like sat and watched the actual show. So why do these vampires have one ridiculous name? Like, Like, why is his name Angel? Was he born Angel or did he just give himself that name to make him feel better? His name is shortened. What is what is his name though? I can't remember. I, I just remember his name is Angelus. I don't remember like Okay. More. That makes sense. I was thinking like But maybe he just gave himself the name Angelus and then I don't I don't know, dude. Now I, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch Buffy for I know. like the billionth time and nobody needs to do that again. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea. <sighs> There's so much. I have this. I have this brand new brand new Buffy retelling. I don't need I don't need the old old series. That's not true. I That's always everyone I always the need series. the old series, but um, I do actually. I forgot about this. One of the variants. I'm sorry. I have to talk about it. One of the variants that they made for this. It is a cover that has the title of my favorite Buffy episode oh, ever. Yeah. I'm, I can't. It's the musical. One more time with feeling. I fucking love that episode, and I don't know why. It's a really <laughs> weird one, but I when I saw that cover yesterday, I got very excited. That was all. That was all I wanted to say. <laughs> that that's why I would rewatch the show so I could watch that musical next. <laughs> I've got another, another chip de jour. <laughs> chip de jour. It's a daredevil. If I ever meet him, I'm just gonna say, "Oh, chip de jour. How are you today?" I love I love your your books, chip de jour. Chip de jour. Just call him something different <laughs> yeah. every single time. Oh, good. Poor Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> I think he would be into it. Yeah, probably. Anyway, Daredevil, number four. I have nothing bad to say about this book. I feel like last week I was like, I didn't like this book. This week I'm like, everything is wonderful and you should get it off the shelf. That cover is really good. Yeah, this col- this cover. <laughs> God damn. This cover is very, very, very cool. If you're not watching, it's black and white Punisher with a red, red Daredevil making a scowly face. Oh, that makes more sense. I thought he was wearing a Daredevil shirt. <laughs> I was like, that's a really cool shirt. I just damn. went and picked up this <laughs> Daredevil so shirt Number my one fan, I guess. Local Because that explains why he's making the mean face, too. It's like, that's probably why he picked it up. Because he's like, uh, you know, the skull is a little tired. So I'm going to grab this Daredevil shirt. I'm sorry. Fire me. <laughs> I can't. 
Uh, <laughs> and with that, we I can't, continue. I can't even think right now because I I'm just have this image of Frank Castle just walking into a store and like hot topic. That's exactly the it store. Would be hot topic. And just like mm, that daredevil one. <laughs> I got a good photo shoot coming up. I got a. <laughs> In my daredevil shirt, my biggest guns. Let's do this. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Sorry. Okay. We had yeah. a moment. Yeah. We had a moment. I, I am back. I am back. In this issue of Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil is captured by Punisher. He's I, I can't really figure out what's happened here because Daredevil has gotten like in a situation where the police are surrounding him and then Frank saves him Mm -hmm. are you thinking about frank in hot topic well that and i was just thinking of he kidnaps him because he's obviously daredevil's number one fan (laughs) (laughs) it's all making sense to me now in my head i have this i'm gonna have to write it i'm gonna go home and write this out because i i need people to know what is going on in my head right now oh okay uh (laughs) Punisher kidnaps Daredevil because he is his number one fan and he wants to figure out if Daredevil is willing to go the extra mile and also become his number one fan by killing people. That's so tight. So that is the overview of this book. Really good. Highly suggest, especially once it comes out in trade. I have Uncanny X-Men. This is number... 16. I have been enjoying this second part of this story. Cyclops is in charge of the rest of the mutants that are left. Um, He is working with Captain America to protect the rest of the mutants. The mutants don't care about the humans now at this point because they are being hunted. There's a vaccine being made to get rid of mutants. So Cyclops and Captain America are kind of working together, but for different reasons. This issue was great because they're, I mean, I I think I had mentioned it before. All the mutants are dead except for the small group of them who had not been around during the conflict with uh, Legion and X-Man. Everyone who wasn't in that fight is in the second part of Uncanny. Um, So there's a reintroduction of one of my favorite X-Men villains. I don't want to tell you who. Magneto. I feel like that's crucial to the story, so I do need to tell you. (laughs) But yeah, it's them fighting against Magneto because there's the the good group of mutants, which wants to protect the mutants, um, and then there's a bad group of mutants, which wants to kill the people who are hunting them. It's very interesting. The art is really good. I was never a fan of Cyclops, unfortunately, until this series. I didn't mind him before, but he just wasn't never, you know, one of my favorites, but yeah. I love him in this series. Right. I think he's fantastic. I think in the last series or whatever, when he died, I think he has grown a lot. And I think that's why I like him now as a character, because he knows how he messed up and he wants to do better while still helping his fellow mutants. So, yeah, that was uh, that was very interesting for me because I'm all caught up on Uncanny X-Men. And I'm going to stay caught up. OK, you should get caught up on Uncanny X-Men, too. Yeah, just get past the first 10 issues. I promise when you get to the second part, it is worth it. Do you have to read the first 10 issues to read the last or the last half? Here? Not necessarily, but I feel like in order to understand why they're doing the things that they are, you should read it. There's a lot of unnecessary stuff in the first 10 issues. I, again, I don't understand why they dragged it out for 10 issues. They could have easily solved that fight within 
three or four and left out all of the stupid bullshit. <laughs> That's just me, though. I don't know anyone else's thoughts. Um, I'm going to do a little shout out to Derek Adams. Oh. If you, if you have any opinions, let me know, because on this book, we were actually very similar with our opinions. So I just want to know how you feel about the first 10 issues. That's it. <laughs> Next is Farmhand. This is a very interesting book. We were talking about it earlier, how every time we finish an issue, we really like it, but also feel like whatever about it. Oh, yeah. This issue... I felt I really liked it when I ended. I did too. I almost, I'm not going to lie, within the first couple of pages, I almost just put it away because it's really heavy. Yeah, no, it, it definitely, it delves into the past a little bit more, which the beginning didn't really focus on. It kind of just was like, here's, here's what's going on. Here where we, here's where we are. And this is like, well, this is how we got here. And it's pretty much a bummer. It is. It's a, it's a huge bummer. I guess for those who are not aware the, the main character is the son of a, I wouldn't call him a scientist. I would just say a farmer. Yeah, he's just a farmer, but he creates this. A Frank, uh, like a Frankenstein farmer. Franken-farmer. Franken-farmer. Yes. He creates this seed that is able to grow into organs and limbs, and he uses that seed to help transplants and stuff like that. Transplants are going bad. Seeds are going rogue. Stuff is happening, and no one can find out why or how it happened and the dad is real sad about it because this is his life's work it is it's really good it, it is really good especially if you are into weird weird things i don't it, it, it's you, very um at times it's kind of uncomfortable because it's uh there's a lot of like body horror yeah but it's like body horror plant horror mix yeah so if you like the, and i i really do enjoy that like plant horse type of stuff so this book, the first trade is already out. So I would say pick up the first trade, see what you th- feel. I think it gives you a good segue into what's what's going to happen. I When I first started reading this, I was not into the art. I, I, I didn't like dislike it, but I just didn't feel like it fit the story. But the more that I read it, the more I discovered it does yeah. fit. It's weird. I like how strange the people look because they're weird proportions and stuff. And there's always like... They all, yeah, that little, there's a shout out to another comic book in here, which I, I, two of them actually, I didn't see the other one. There's, you know, little things in farmhand that make it truly enjoyable. And I think that everyone should give it a chance. I have black badge. This is a interesting book. It's about a boy scout troop. That is also a spy group. And this deals with them being, being taken at the end of the last issue. Part of this made me re- think that I hadn't read the issue before, but at least when I'm reading, I remember reading it. Cause I was like, I got to catch up to read all the issues. And I did catch up cause I was able to talk about this last month. That's right. I remember this because <laughs> I always get confused. I think it's just a group of boy scouts and you have to correct me every single time. But this kind of go like talks about the very, very beginnings of black badge and then kind of, brings you to where the characters are and they've been they don't remember how they've gotten there they don't know how long it's been if it's been days weeks months they've just woken up at this place so 
part of me is going to go back and read issue eight. The other part of me is like, well, that's just good writing. Yeah, see if maybe they, like, explain it a little bit. Yeah, or if it literally just ended and then this book just kind of picks up from there and then they're there. Because this, the beginning sequence almost roughly was like a dream sequence, but not really. It's like how the Saw movies start. Yeah. They all just wake up and they're like, how did we get here? Yeah, and that's, and kind of at the end of this, they are getting tortured. So... So it is Saw. No, it's not really Saw, but right. have, you, have you seen Saw? I want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so <laughs> I have Incursion. This is issue number three. I have really been enjoying this one. This is about the Eternal Warrior Gilad. I never know how to say his name. He is on a mission to save the world's geomancer who it's... His one goal in life is just to protect her, them. There's been several of them, man, woman, kid, whatever. So what had happened in one of the uh, previous issues was the Geomancer was infected. She works with the uh, Necromancer Imperatrix Virago. She pretty much goes to planets, sucks all their lives and resources and stuff, and it makes her younger and stronger. So the more planets and stuff she destroys, the stronger she gets. So Scintilla is, she's a servant essentially, but she has special powers that allow her to, like if she touches something, she can kill it. And once the power starts going, it's hard for her to control it. So that's like a little backstory with her, how she came under the care of this necromancer and why she is kind of the way she is. Um, She had touched the geomancer and I think the first issue and infected her. She's not dead, but she's dying, and she needs Scintilla's help. And that's what Gilad is doing. He is trying to convince her to help him save the Geomancer. But it tells, you know, Scintilla's history, and it also tells a little bit of Gilad's, which is very interesting. The Necromancer is so badass. I don't like her at all, which is weird, because I normally do like the villains in stories, but she's a good villain. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, this is only going to be four issues. So it's in surprisingly, you don't need to know like any other things in the Valiant history to understand what's going on in this. If you want to, you can. There's, I guess these characters are reoccurring throughout the universe. So you can just pick something up and read it about them. But I just jumped right in and I understand everything that's going on. So yeah, it's very interesting. Okay. So I have um, (laughs) Adventure Time, Marcy and Simon. What had happened is Simon is going around and apologizing to all the people that he hurt or messed with while he was the Ice King. Something happens to him that warps his memories a little bit, and he's losing his memories. They go to Marcy's dad so that he can help them. Marcy's dad is, of course, like a king vampire of the Nidosphere. He is jealous of the relationship that Marcy and Simon have because Simon has always been more of a dad to her than her own dad. Mm -hmm. So he tricks them into... He fucks Simon up. He messes up his memories really bad. So not only is he losing his memory, he the Ice King is slowly taking over again. So it's like a weird duality between these two characters inside of one body. So Princess Bubblegum... Tells them how they can fix him, which is to find his one true love, because everyone knows the only real true healing thing in life is love. Love. Yes. So that's where they're at right now. They're going on this mission to find Betty, who he's in love with, because he has to kiss her. (laughs) I really like Adventure Time. I love Marceline. She's my favorite. And this series is really cute and 
surprisingly funny. <laughs> but I think it, I just think it's funny because it's stupid. <laughs> There's a lot of really stupid things that happen, but it works with the story. Yeah. It works with the feeling of it. So it's, it's fine. It's adventure time. It is. Yes. I love it. Um, and I like that despite like Jake and Finn being main characters, they're, they're side characters in this one. Like yeah, the focus I, is not on them. Personally, and that was my least favorite t- part of Adventure Time was Jake and Finn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that's what the show's about. Yeah, all the side characters are great in yeah. the show. And I like that there's this thing, this short series that's focusing on other characters, like the other strong characters in there that just aren't in there as much as they should yeah. be. All right. We ready to bring down the mood? Turning down the lights. The last book we have is Middle West. I keep wanting to call it Middle Earth. No, it's, no, it's Middle West. Middle West. This is the last issue in this story arc and brings things to a a very like very brutal sort of close. Yeah, all of my comics today were pretty heavy. Really bummed me out. Drained me. This one. I'm still trying to climb up from this. Not to say that it isn't good because no, it is it's amazing. really good. And it really makes you think about things, which I think is really good. Yeah, it's, it deals a lot with your memories and what you have attached to yourself and those memories and how they float throughout your life and how they kind of affect the way you see the world and the people around you. Not only that, especially for this kid, because he has so many like bad memories it's very difficult for him to remember the good ones. So when he does remember these these good things that have happened, it's almost as if they didn't really happen, that he's just making them up. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. And it also brings to f- the light like, how scary dealing with past trauma can be and how much it can, can dredge up, possibly, if not more. Oh, yeah, and how it can turn you into a monster when you begin unleashing it because... Of course, with any kind of feeling, it always gets worse before it gets better. Because you have to fucking confront everything <laughs> that's been going on. This is a book I've, I very much suggest. It's, it is a very heavy book. There isn't... It is lighthearted in the way it looks and the way almost the story is told in its fantasy-like ways. But it deals with something under the surface that is so so heavy and life-changing to a lot of people. It is. It can be a bit difficult to read, especially when you understand like what Scotty Young is trying to do with these characters and the story. But it's for sure worth it. I think that I I personally think everyone should read this. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that for sure. And I know the trade comes out soon and I would highly suggest suggest picking it up. But like I said, don't just be prepared for the, the heaviness. I don't know. I, the, one of the main things that I really like about this is despite what is happening to this kid and how big of a brat he can be at times, like I'm always just wanting him to come out on top. Yeah. I want him to like succeed. I want him to deal with this. I want him to thrive. And personally, one of my, my favorite parts of this, this issue that they deal with or talk about is making your own family and finding those people that, that do truly mean something to you. Right. Cause it's, what does she say? It's not what you need. It's what you want sometimes. Yeah. Which is great. So if you want to cry about a comic book, read, this, this is one. Yeah, read this. It is, it's, so, <laughs> it's so good. I can't. It's really good. So with that, do you want to talk about your, your Tony Stark Iron Man 
Um, I'm not caught up on this yet, <laughs> so I don't know what's going on in this. Um, I just didn't have a chance to read this one yet, but I know in the last issue he discovered that he pretty much just doesn't have a soul. That when he was brought back to life, brought back from the dead, he was not brought back complete. So I assume it's this like, is going like to be... Buffy. Yes, that's exactly what it is, yes. <laughs> yes, interesting. Um, but yeah, I assume that's what this issue is going to be touching on, is how he is not the same, and either what he can do to fix it, or what he can do to just deal with it. I don't know. Yes, that's everything. Yeah, that, that is everything. It was a, it was a heavy week. We, I think we both have a very, very light week next week. Thankfully. The thing I would like you to take out of this week personally is that Punisher is a big Daredevil fan and also a big Hot Topic fan. Chip du jour. And Chip du jour. Yes. That is that is Dijon when... Dijarski. <laughs> Dijon Dijarski. <laughs> That's all. That's all. That's all. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Have a wonderful life. We'll see you next week probably. <laughs>